0: Hi, Peter Balker here and welcome to today's edition of The Transition Guy. Now, joining me today in the studio is Brian Clayton. He's CEO and founder of GreenPow. Welcome, Brian.
1: Peter, thanks for having me on. Great to be here.
0: Yeah, and I'm looking forward to today's topic because it's all around marketing. And I suppose one of the things that I've learned very early on, when I first became a sort of CEO of my own business, I very much was a business coach that did a little bit of marketing. And my fortunes changed when I decided to become a marketeer that offered coaching. What's your take on that?
1: Yeah, I think, I think one of the traps that a lot of business owners fall into, a lot of founders fall into, is they, they start the business, they start the product or the service, they do all the hard work on that, and at the end, they sprinkle a little bit of marketing on top. And, and to me, in my experience, that's a kind of a recipe for disaster because that's not the way it works. The marketing and the growth have to be baked into the company from the ground up, into the DNA of the business, into what the business does, almost as a, a core competency of the business. You kind of have to be good at your product and service. You have to innovate there, but you also have to innovate on growth. You have to innovate on how am I going to get the word out? how am I going to market this thing? How am I going to distribute this this thing? How am I going to get it into the hands of the people that want it? And that could be go for anything from a restaurant to a bakery, to a new tech startup, to a new SaaS product. It almost doesn't matter what kind of business you're doing. Marketing is going to have to be one of the core competencies of the business and one of the hats that the founder, that the CEO wears. You know, If the founder is a natural-born marketer, studies copywriting, really listens to their customers and figures out what their customers want, really tries to dig into the business, figure out how to solve those problems for the customers, and then reinforce that into the marketing of the product. That is, is, is a recipe for success. What usually doesn't work is the founder will work in the business for a period of time and then hire an external marketer. And hopefully they can get them some customers that usually doesn't work out.
0: Yeah. And they'll go, they'll get a couple of agencies they have absolutely no idea. I mean, they end up spending a fortune. Right. And to be honest with you, I mean, I probably have been guilty of that myself in the past, where I've hired a couple of agencies, not taken ownership over my marketing. Right. I've been, And I suppose I have been what you would call probably the lazy marketer.
1: Yeah, it's 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 seductive to, to think you can do that. You know, it's 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 alluring to, to think, well, you know, I can just pay this this market agency five thousand, ten thousand, twenty thousand, fifty thousand dollars a month, and they'll handle it. And and maybe they'll do something with that money, but really and truly that talent and those resources need to be on the inside of the business. And and so you might say, well, I'm just a one or two man shop. I I can't afford a, a full-time marketer. You as the founder, you're going to have to learn how to become a decent marketer, a decent copywriter. You're going to have to figure out what channels are working in your business, just enough to where you can then begin to delegate some of these things over time. But in the early days, you're going to have to take on these things yourself as as kind of your acumen.
0: Do you think that's the case now? It hasn't really always been the case, but do you think with digital marketing and the complexities around marketing these days, that's why founders need to be more involved? because back in the early days i remember in the 80s and 90s you could get away with putting an ad in something like the yellow pages a couple of newspaper ads and that was about as complex as your marketing ever got yeah it seems like today it's just like a huge minefield
1: it's it's a really it's a really good point it's it's like today it's it's more complex but there's more opportunity there's 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 more uh, crisp ways to meet your customer where they're at and to solve their problem than ever before. So on the one hand, yes, it is more complex, but on the other hand, we can finally close the loop and understand, okay, if I spend 10,000 this month, I can get 20,000 back out. And that's how you build a successful business. And you can't really just delegate that without doing it in-house first. And you almost have to have this, this growth engine at the core of the business where you can make money, reinvest money into that engine, make more money not make money and let me just spray and pray and hope that, you know, these things we did in our marketing initiatives are actually going to give us ROI and and like hope as a strategy usually is a failing strategy. So it's like, it's whatever it is you're doing, that's the core competency of the business. And then the growth and marketing of the business at the same time, you have to do both.
0: Yeah. And what's quite interesting, what I'm seeing people is I see people spread themselves extremely thin across all channels right and they don't really get any penetration on any they make That's the assumption right. that their customer hangs out everywhere <laughs>
1: yeah and they yeah. don't and maybe and, and hey maybe they do hang out everywhere if even if they did you're not going to reach them everywhere uh you're you really you're exactly right in my experience you have to double down and lean in on one channel maybe two but it's usually just one channel that you're like the best at and that could be that could be if you have a fashion product, it could be Instagram stories, you just make beautiful Instagram stories, or it could be, you know, if you're like for my business, Green Pal is the Uber for lawn care, and we invest heavily in, in local search engine optimization, we create great content around local lawn care services that that people can then hire them off the shelf with our app. And uh, we've spent a decade just in organic search. That's how we get more, more than half of our, of our users. So to your point, especially in the early days, you're going to go all in on one channel and that's how you're going to succeed in that channel.
0: And I think you said something really important now that actually it's about creating content. And before people didn't necessarily need to create that much content. I think that's where the challenge is. We've, we've moved. I mean, what people expect in terms of great content has changed. I mean, it's now very much video centric, right? Yeah. A lot of people, a lot of people do not want to do video. They haven't trained to do video and they're still using old form like articles, which in all fairness, if you're publishing articles on a sort of platform like LinkedIn, articles are dead. No one reads articles anymore.
1: That's right. You know, it's like almost every business, small, medium and large at a certain point is a media business. And and is going to have to think like a media business. And it doesn't matter if you have a hair salon. Your to your point, you should be taking videos of before and afters and transformations and different things you're doing. And you should be putting that out on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. And and it doesn't matter if you're a remodeling service, same thing, or a pool company, or or if you're if you're a company like ours, like like a green pal, traditionally like a, a completely tech or afford business, we still Are going into the real world and getting that that content and resurfacing it on our on our social media channels on our website so people can consume that and kind of get a taste for what it is we do and how we can solve their problem make their life better through content through media every business to some degree is going to have to think like a like a media business
0: absolutely and what's quite interesting so i mean i made a bit of a diversion a couple of years ago where i decided i i actually own my own marketing I drive my marketing, but I bring in channel experts to drive the strategy on that particular channel.
1: That's right. i found the same thing too. It's, it's, it's like you're, you, you know, you go, you go horizontal where you, where you are doing a little bit everywhere and, you know, just enough to be dangerous everywhere, but then you bring in a real specific expert, uh, to help you with your Google AdWords or your Facebook ads or, or your Instagram story ads or, or whatever it is that they, that they spent, they spend 50 hours a week just in that one channel. And I have found that you're much better off to just hire an expert uh, like that has that has the experience and the track record and 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 pay them for however many hours you can afford them where it may be 1 hour a week, 5 hours a week, 5 hours a month rather than hiring somebody who's a newbie who doesn't know what they're doing for $15 or $20 an hour for 40 hours a week they're not moving the needle on anything and so you're wasting your money so you're better off you're better off hiring the person that makes $100, $200, $300 an hour For however many hours you can, rather than somebody who stinks for a long for 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 a full week. I've learned that lesson the hard way a few times over the years.
0: Yeah, but people keep making that mistake. People keep on bringing these new apprentices. And let's be honest, I mean, you're the person that ends up training them. Yeah. And if you don't know nothing about marketing, you're training them nothing. Right. And then you're trying to fix all the screw ups that they made.
1: And then you get, then you get the sunk cost fallacy where you hold on to them too long, and it's just a, it's just a waste of everybody's time, and and so it's might you might think we might say well well then why do people uh, employ uh, people just graduating school or interns if you have a huge organization and a big machine and you have a proven system and you can plug bodies into certain parts of that system that's where it works but if you're a small company you know five, 10, 20, 50 people you really don't have the luxury of, of, of people just spinning their wheels and within your organization. You have to hire experts to execute at a high level and let that inform everything else you're doing.
0: You're right, and you pay for it one way or the other.
1: That's right. Yeah, so you pay for would, it with the, with the opportunity cost of not getting anywhere for, for yeah, a year or two in flat sales.
0: And I can't begin to tell you the amount of people that I've come across i have said, I've done that, didn't work, done that, that didn't work, done that, didn't work. And actually, haven't been marketing. I mean, the last 18 months during the pandemic, so many businesses just cut their marketing spend. It was absolutely right. crazy.
1: It was a good time to try to lean into some of this stuff, you know, and, and it was a good time to take your business down to the studs and, and rebuild it from the inside out, not just sit there and try to wait it out. Um, you know, a lot of times these crises, they're going to come and go as a business owner and you, you have to look at them like they're happening to you not happening to you, they're happening for you. They're happening for you as an opportunity to rebuild your business, to take your business down to the core and figure out what is working with my marketing and rebuild it from the inside out. You know, I, and I've gone through a few in 22 years of, of business. The 08 crisis for us was was really, really hard. And uh, looking back 10 years, 15 years later, I'm glad that happened. My business was better for it. Uh, Me as a founder, me as an entrepreneur, I was sharper and better for it. So these things are going to come and go and Hmm. you kind of have to use them as opportunities.
0: And what's quite interesting. The businesses that went through 08, 09, it's amazing how they still do the same mistakes again
1: now. It's yeah, like, if it didn't kill him.
0: Come on. <laughs> like, okay, so, I mean, people tuning in to this episode, they're going to be thinking, okay, this is quite overwhelming. Where do I start? What advice would you give them?
1: Yeah, in, in, in business, when you're trying to tackle stuff like this, you kind of have to have this big goal. So you might say, well, I want to get to $5, $10 million a year in revenue. And, that's, and you got to hold that in your head. And then you got to think and act very, very small. So you got to have both, and so business is full of all kinds of interesting dichotomies like that. You know, do I listen to the customer and all their feedback, or I just kind of like like Henry Ford, if I had built them a, they'd ask for a better horse. You know, like what what do you do? And so you kind of have to hold both of these in your head at the same time. Big goal, think, act small. So if you're listening to this, you have five employees and you're doing seven hundred fifty thousand dollars a year in sales or whatever, and you're stuck. You know, it's like what do you do? You have to allocate time to work on the business and not in the business. So everything you're probably doing Monday through Friday is just trying to hold this little business together and you don't have any time that you're spending working on the business. So you you might not wanna hear this, but you're probably gonna have to come in on a Saturday or a Sunday and just work three or four hours on your marketing system. Where did all the customers come from this week? Okay, how many customers came in? Okay, how many did we close? Okay, and the ones that closed, what was the profit margin? Okay, and of those, how long do they stick out stick around and how long do we hold on to them for a year or two? And what is the lifetime value of these customers? And once I know that, then I can start to reallocate some of that money back into other marketing initiatives. Well, I don't know that Facebook ads are gonna work for me, but I'm gonna try it for three months. And you start running these tests to figure out what what channel can work for you. The other thing is is, is uh, you, to, to be decently good at this stuff, your living room is going to have to become a classroom. Your car is going to have to become a mobile classroom. You're going to have to allocate an hour or two hours a day to, to listen to podcasts like this one, to go to YouTube University and just consume every piece of content you can on how this stuff works. And if you do that for a year, then, then next thing you know, it's like, hey, I'm a pretty good marketer on top of all these other things. And I can drive the marketing initiatives. If you're not willing to do that, it's going to be hard to, to, to see the success.
0: Yeah, and I think too many people focus on the sales element of the process without the marketing. And actually, marketing precedes sales. And then right. if you've got no leads coming through, you can be the best salesperson. You're selling to yourself.
1: That's right. Yeah. You really have to focus on, you know, like if, if you want to study a company that's that's crushed to this strategy is it's HubSpot, which is, you know, small, medium business uh, uh, operating system software. And and they've done it they, over the last decade. They've really figured out kind of that content as an inbound to then tee up the sales team and how those two work in tandem. If you study everything HubSpot has done and you have you have a sales team, might be a part one salesperson or five And then, how do you leverage content to like tee those guys up or gals you know that's that's you know you, a lot of this has already been figured out for you and you can yeah. fast follow these other strategies
0: and the thing is like with hubspot by the time you come to hubspot you're not you're not having to sell to them they're there to buy you're taking the order right because right. the content and the marketing's done its job it's done that's the sales right. job
1: that's right. The, no salesperson at HubSpot is making cold, cold calls. It's, it, that, that's, it's a warm lead every time because they've leveraged a, a sea of content to, to warm that person up and kind of like educate them along the way. It's a brilliant, brilliant execution of the strategy. Like, am I suggesting that a $1 million dollar business go execute at that level? No. But what I am saying is like, here, here's a HubSpot strategy. Here's you. You need to move like here. You, know, you need to, you need to like close the gap.
0: But HubSpot was never just here. No. It was where everybody
1: else was. That's it right. Started
0: really small. And that's I think right. that's the parallel people need to draw.
1: Everything that's huge starts very small.
0: I think there's some fantastic stuff for our sort of listeners to sort of get stuck into. Is there any final comments you would sort of say on marketing? Any parting shots?
1: Yeah, you know, a lot of times as a business owner, you're wearing all these hats, legal, uh your HR. Uh, operations, sales, marketing. And a lot of times as the, as the entrepreneur, it's, it's your job to be a capital allocator. So if money comes in, you allocate it back out. And that might sound like a fancy term, but even if you're only doing hundred K a year, you're a capital allocator to a degree because money's coming in and some kind of little bit of profit. And then you're reinvesting that. And if you can think like a capital allocator and say, my job is to make profit take profit reinvest it to make more profit and what is the growth engine at the core of this business that i can invest money into and get money back out and i just need to focus on making that core engine it can really get you from a million to to three to five million to ten million and beyond that's kind of how great businesses are built
0: brilliant thank you brian now if people want more information about you where do they go
1: Anybody in the United States listening to this uh, it doesn't want to cut their grass. Life's too short to mow your own yard. Download Green Pal in the App Store or Play Store, and you'll get hooked up with a great lawn mowing service. Anybody wants to reach me? I actually, uh, to our point earlier, I throw all of my weight in one social media channel, and that's, and that's uh, Instagram. So anybody wants to hit me up, hit me up on Instagram, Brian M. Clayton, and drop me a DM there.
0: Brilliant. Thank you again, Brian. And now, if anything has resonated with you, you want a bit more information reach out to bulker.com and get in touch. If you love today's episode, please make sure you share it with others so they also can benefit from the great stuff Brian shared. Please subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And most importantly, remember, failing to learn is learning to fail. So please stay safe. And once again, Brian, thank you very much for joining us today.
1: Thanks, Peter. I enjoyed it.